we can trust God to put us in the right place at the right time. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I am so excited for today. And I'm Bill Elif, and this is not Kyle Reno. If you're watching by video, you picked up on that real quick. But this is somebody really closely related to Kyle. This is his wife, Katie. His biggest fan. His biggest fan and biggest cheerleader. Fan. And uh, Katie, uh, Kyle talks about your kids all the time. <laughs> we have five. five nine years yeah. and younger. And and one of the, one was a girl. The rest of them are the boys. The baby is the girl. Uh, Her name is, is Joy. Joy. And she has brought so much joy. Yeah, that yeah. is so spectacular. And they are... They're pistols, I'm telling you. It's it's a handful, I know. And yes, you uh, you do know. I've lived through that and am living through it in my grandkids now. But we're so glad to have you today. And it's an and, honor and to we're be doing here. this series uh because we uh, the passion of one cry mm-hmm. podcast is to see a united cry for revival and spiritual awakening. And we've been looking at, hey, can God use me? Can God use one person? Uh, and uh, we've looked at several men, but we've asked you and Holly, my wife, to uh, talk to us about some women in the Scripture that God used, and it affected the lives of others and has affected us. Your, your teaching about one of these women is going to affect us today. She's still speaking oh, yes. to us today. Yeah. So uh, this woman that's on your heart to share is named Anna, and is found in the New Testament. We looked at Hannah, Holly's talking about Hannah in the Old Testament, but this is Anna. So talk to us a little bit about about Anna. Okay, so a woman who changed the world is Anna. And I didn't know this till this past week, but Anna is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Hannah, both meaning favor or God's grace. Hannah had a longing in her barrenness. We see her persistently praying in her waiting for a son, then worshiping God, giving thanks when Samuel was born. In Anna's story, we're going to see her persistently praying and fasting in the temple during the wait of the promised Messiah to redeem Jerusalem, then worship God and give thanks when he comes. So in Luke 2, we read about the birth of Jesus at the beginning But then in verses 22 through 38, Mary and Joseph go to the temple in Jerusalem and present Jesus to the Lord. It's something a Jewish couple would do for their newborn son. Simeon was there and he took Jesus in his arms and blessed God for the promised redeemer. Anna is also in the temple during this special moment, but there's only three verses about her towards the end of this section. So Luke 2, starting with verse 36, says, And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. 
So Anna, like Simeon, was a member of the faithful remnant of Israel who was waiting for the Messiah. She had to be around 100 years old. She was married for seven years, then widowed for 84 years. So we don't know if she was barren or if she had any kids, but we can assume she was alone. We can also assume that she was probably in a community of women that were married with families. We don't know what if she had financial support or not, but we may can assume that she was not wealthy because she did not have the support of her husband. It doesn't say in these short verses, but I can only imagine Anna's waves of grief and loneliness in those 84 years and could easily question her calling in life. She was human too and had to have had the heartaches that some of us face. These details in Anna's life may lead someone to think she wouldn't have a lot of influence in her community. And maybe we've let our own circumstances tell us we aren't qualified to be used by God. But in Luke 2, Anna is said to be a prophetess, which means she received divine revelations from God and she shared it with others. Anna is the only prophetess named in the New Testament. Her life circumstances didn't keep her from fulfilling the calling of making daily supplications in the temple. We see that Anna was all about the house of God. She was there night and day. She was a faithful servant and dedicated. Her life circumstances actually benefited her to give all of herself to the Lord's service. She was single-minded. So I wonder sometimes, though, in those dark hours when she was there in the temple, probably alone, what was that like praying? Um that she was waiting on this coming Messiah to come and redeem her people. How was Anna able to fulfill this calling as a prophetess with the life circumstances that she had? It would have been easy for her to coast the rest of her life after her husband died. Back in April, there was a huge storm that came through Little Rock, and the property behind us is filled with these beautiful, huge trees, and it knocked over one right in the center. I don't know the owner of this property, but I've watched this tree sometimes having these, or I should say it's had green leaves, but I knew that it wasn't getting the nutrients that it once had when it was rooted to the ground. Well, as some of you who have been in Little Rock or maybe around Little Rock, we have had some hot weather in July, like 100 degree weather. And I've noticed the past couple of days that the leaves have turned brown. And now this beautiful tree that was once rooted to the ground has become completely lifeless. And so God reminded me the difference of someone being rooted in him versus one who's not when the wind and heat of life circumstances come. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. Anna was blessed and trusted in her God. So obviously we're seeing in these three verses, the highlight reel of her life. Did she have heartache and struggle? There's no way that she didn't at some point. But because she was rooted in the one who could only give her the peace comfort, 
and nutrients that she needed to stand firm. Anna gave herself to the Lord and was faithful to what he created her to do as a prophetess. Anna changed the world by praying in the prophecy of Jesus. It's just like God to see Anna there at the time Mary and Joseph presented Jesus. In Luke 2.38, it says that coming up at that very hour, Anna gave thanks for the promised Redeemer. We can trust God to put us in the right place at the right time. Can you imagine the emotions that Anna was feeling and experiencing in that moment? I love that she can't keep Jesus to herself. Anna continued to change the world by spreading the good news. But her message is different. And I realized this morning as I was thinking and trying to picture what Anna was like, when she went out to her friends and maybe family members and those who probably saw her dedicating her time in the temple, she was able to say, he is here. He is physically here. And I just can't imagine the emotion of that. Jesus is here. What we've been waiting for to redeem Jerusalem is here. And so I'm challenged by Anna's story and encouraged to change the world by telling others of Jesus coming and dying on the cross for all of our sins and how one day he will be here again. He will be here for eternity with no more pain, no more suffering, and thank you, Jesus, no more waiting. (laughs) So I pray that our hope is in Jesus, that when life circumstances hit and things in this world come, that we can stay rooted in Jesus. And out of the overflow of that, we can fulfill our calling and tell people who Jesus is. I don't want to miss out on that. That's so beautiful, Katie. I I, I love the story of Anna and Simeon. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't thought of it as just you were sharing all those years that kind of like Hannah was waiting for a child in the Old Testament Mm-hmm. And then God fulfilled it. She yeah. was waiting for a child, yes. and God fulfilled it. And this was the Messiah. But I had never thought about the fact that she, you know, I guess the shepherds maybe were the first ones to give witness right. to this physical Messiah. But then right along, you know, not long after that, here's Anna telling everybody, I have I have seen him. I have held him. I, I know that he's real. And to give this tangible testimony of, of who Jesus is. What what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing. And that she waited so long. You know, yes. you just think some people would have just given up. And mm-hmm. and I know in our lives, we, we want things to happen. We're looking for things to happen. But, but that she just kept waiting patiently, doing what the Lord told her to do, being in his presence. Mm-hmm. And then God, as he always does, answered the promise. So, so beautiful. We're so grateful you shared that. And we, we, we love to, to uh, hear a truth like this and then listen to a testimony of somebody who's walking with the Lord and God's answering promises and their lives are changing the world. So listen to this testimony for just a moment. Ben Dishner here with One Cry and uh, just so glad to be able to interview a couple of our friends at One Cry Baylor. Uh, just exciting to hear some of the things that God's been doing there. But um, can you guys uh, share a little bit about how 
um, God brought you uh, across the path of one cry and then maybe a couple of things that he's been doing in your life through it. But why don't we start with Micah and then we'll, and we'll go through. But, but Micah, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and that? Hey, my name is Micah Stoll. I'm a senior uh, pre-med major from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and our Luke and I's relationship with One Christ started from James actually reaching out to us. But it kind of started a little bit before then. Um, Luke and I, inspired by a mentor of ours from Dallas by the name of Kyle Martin, um, had really felt a tug towards increasing in prayer and increase in evangelism. So we went on a short um, trip with him to Southern Texas, we came back, we started evangelizing with our life group from church in Waco in our community. So we would just walk, walk streets. We would ask the Holy spirit for ideas of different stores that we could go to or different places that we should talk to people. And the Holy spirit would give us, yeah, photos, uh, ideas, phrases. We'd go there and start interacting with people. So James reached out to us because he told us that, um, the Lord had given him uh, kind of a promise or an idea that whenever he started seeing Baylor students themselves walk in the streets of Waco evangelizing, that's when revival would come. And so it was pretty inspiring for us to be like, wow, you know, we, we've been doing that. We had no clue that James had heard that word from the Lord. And so we're so ready to help take part in this. So we just got the ball rolling, just started uh, bouncing ideas off James and James uh, was really the initiator of, starting one cry at Baylor specifically taking a national organization really zoning it in on Baylor so he gathered some uh, true seminary students at Baylor and some undergrads kind of threw us together and said hey let's start praying intentionally over the summer and this fall semester for what the Lord might be doing in Waco and so that's kind of our introduction to one cry and um I don't know, Luke, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, uh, not a ton to add, but I'm Luke Thomas. I'm a senior business major, finance accounting from Lexington, Kentucky. And a lot of what Micah says is the same of my story. Same is true. Um, I was connected with James through Kyle. And one trip in particular that Micah and I took was to the southern border of Texas, Laredo. And um, that trip for both of us kind of marked a unique awakening in our own hearts and um, a newfound hunger towards going out and sharing the gospel. We'd been introduced to that idea before going out and evangelizing, praying over people um, and sharing the good news, but it, it really was activated there and um, translated to a lot of new passion in the spring. And so near the end of the spring is when James sat us down and introduced this idea for a intercessory student led prayer ministry at Baylor and um, Mike and I both were kind of of the posture of we're really eager to learn how to pray in our senior year. Like if there was one area we, we were yearning for new growth, uh, it was in our prayer life. And, um, to answer your question about what the Lord's been doing, um, we've already been gathering a few times with our, our mentor, Kyle. James has been there um, and have been activating a lot of this heart for prayer. Um, I've been enabling and empowering a lot of students to go out and share the gospel and it does feel like we're just getting started. And yet the Lord has already done so much. He's been so faithful. So we're excited for this year and what the Lord's already doing and what he has in store. That's exciting. And, and uh, you're, you're speaking of James. That's James Poole, who's he's with uh, One Cry, and he's been uh, heading up One Cry Baylor since its inception. But but a uh, great mentor for all of us. I love him. He's a great friend. But um, James had mentioned. Uh, a while back that you guys even have the opportunity now because you've been uh, 
recognizing an official student organization on the campus that you are now even able to uh, pray for the alumni association and everything else. So uh, any any uh, thing you've heard about that or, or uh, just other things that you've heard of God doing on campus, just what are some God moments that you've heard of? I'll start by saying, yeah, we are excited to pray for anyone and everyone. Uh, and that includes, includes current students and former students. So we're trying to figure out an organizational strategy to, to kind of navigate those types of prayers and also how to receive those prayers and how to uh, maintain security and receiving those and praying over people. Um, but we're definitely excited in that. And I'll just, I'll present what's happening on campus in kind of like a problem solution format. So the, the, the problem, what we've noticed, Luke and I have noticed is that, uh, much more people are lost on campus than we had realized. You know, you think Baylor, you know, private Christian university, Baptist university, oh, everyone's heard the gospel, everyone's saved. Uh, what we've realized is that's just not true. There's a, there's a large, um, student body population that is lost and an even larger uh, population that would call themselves Christians, but haven't truly been activated for the personal walk with Jesus Christ. Haven't been awoken. Like there, there are some who are dead that need to be brought to life, but there are some who are sleeping who need to be awakened. And um, we're praying for both groups. Uh, a God moment that Luke and I have seen in prayer. Um, one day we, we had been praying and we had felt the call from the Lord to just evangelize just an hour after it was just like we we squeeze it in after i i went on a workout and squeezed it in and i was like hey luke you want to hop in with me he's like yeah I'll, I'll squeeze it in before this other meeting we just walked the campus in the middle of campus we have this place called fountain mall it's a big fountain we just walked around started praying for people out of the five people we prayed for two had never heard the gospel of jesus ever in their life and um one of them actually accepted christ into her heart that day and so we're noticing uh, kind of an, uh, an irregular openness to the gospel that we've been praying for. And we think it's no accident because we've been praying for hearts to be open. Mm. Absolutely. How about you, Luke? Yeah, nothing crazy to add to that. I, I was there for that moment. It was so um, impactful. And Kyle actually also on campus, our mentor, Kyle, encountered a group of girls, one of which Catholic, one Muslim, and three Hindu. And I think what's ironic, like Micah said, is there's such a kind of a stipulation conception about Baylor that everyone here is a believer. And uh, not only that, but everyone here is an active believer that has been, you know, awoken to the mission of God and kingdom work. And I think that both of those camps are ones that we have a unique heart cry for. We're just desperate to see, I mean, really those who are asleep be awoken so that they can go and um, share the good news with those who haven't heard it. Like both of those camps are interrelated in a way in that fashion. So um, yeah, I, I feel like there's, there's definitely already been significant breakthrough, but we're just so excited for what's yet to come. That's awesome. So what, what uh, just, just real quick uh, to close this out, what is something you would say to encourage uh, students on other campuses or maybe church members who want to know how to pray for their campus. What is something you guys would say to encourage them in that and, and uh, maybe even uh, a starting place for that? Yeah, I'd, I'd only encourage the fact that while the idea of sharing the gospel and evangelizing is, is so wonderful and um, you know, like we, we all get, we get, we all get excited about 
going and making disciples. It's something that we don't actually necessarily do all the time. And one thing that um, has really impacted me about Kyle's ministry is that it's very oriented around like we're going to set aside time to go share the gospel because that way it's like, this is what my next two hours are allocated for. I'm going to go out and do it. And um, so I would just encourage students at other campuses, especially ones like less spiritually grounded than Baylor to um, gather a group of friends, a group of friends that they're kind of running this race with and find time in their schedules to go out. And it's not anything crazy complicated. Um, the mission to go out and evangelize is to love. And it's all rooted in prayer. The best, like like true fruit, fruit bearing evangelism that that is of, you know, the harvest being so plentiful, that harvest we talk about is rooted in prayer. And so gather just, I just encourage anyone at other campuses to gather together in a small group, um, a prayer led small group and go out together. So find time for it in particular. That's huge. I, I echo everything that Luke said. And I love yeah. what he said about it's all done in response to loving those around you. Pray for pray for a broken heart for the lost. Mm-hmm. If you're truly praying for a broken heart and you're doing that daily, then uh, naturally what initiates out of that is to go to actually share. And um, you have to have that going moment and not just the thinking about it moment. And so, yeah, I would just echo everything that Luke said. That's great, guys. And also, uh, you're talking about Kyle Lance Martin with Time to Revive, and it's a wonderful ministry partner. We've, we've partnered together with One Crown of Pass, and we love him to death. So I'm going to have to get him back on the podcast now. But, uh, guys, I so appreciate what God's doing there. I thank you for your time and sharing, and, and really pray that God would take what's happening there and, and just that we'd start seeing movements within students on campuses across the country. Uh, this year coming up is the 200th anniversary. I think it's in February or March of, uh, it's February of the Collegiate Day of Prayer. And so we're uh, praying toward that even with one cry, but we're excited about what God could do on this 200th anniversary. Also FM 72 that happens on your campus which I was able to come to, to the first one. It was just, it was beautiful what God did in that time. So anyway, thanks guys. Thanks Luke and Micah. It was a blessing to have you on and may God bless uh, what you're doing moving forward and would love to hear more from you in the future of what God's doing as a result of your prayers and sharing the gospel. But uh, thanks for being on. Amen. Thank you so much, man. Well, it's just so awesome to hear stories. You know, what's neat uh, is, uh, Katie, is that not only can we look in the scripture and the historical count like Anna, but then we we can hear every week these stories of, of men and women who have been faithful and God who's been faithful and they've changed the world too. So, but we love to pray it in. I don't, I don't think when you, when you hear a truth, it's fully accomplished all that it needs to do in us until we we kind of need that into our soul through prayer. So uh, I'm going to ask you, Katie, would you would you lead us in prayer? And we're going to pray with you, and then I'll close it in just a minute. And let's pray that this this Anna spirit would be in all of us. Okay. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Anna's story. That even in her old age, where she may have thought. She couldn't be used anymore. 
or maybe the circumstance of being a widow, maybe being alone, not having a family, that she would doubt um, that she could be used by the Almighty God. Mm -hmm. So I thank you that she is a picture of a woman being rooted in you Mm -hmm. and allowing you to use her despite the hard things that have come in her way, Mm -hmm. the things that could have knocked her down easily. Mm -hmm. And she's been used by God to proclaim who Jesus is and was able to see him physically. I cannot fathom Mm -hmm. seeing you. Mm -hmm. We long for that moment where Mm -hmm. we can see you face to face, Jesus. Mm. So I pray we wouldn't give up, Mm -hmm. but that we would allow you to use our lives and things that we've been through to glorify your name and to tell others of who you are Mm -hmm. and what's to come. And so we love you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Father, it's it's so beautiful that you recognize and record the contribution of just simple people that you use for your glory. And here are these three verses, but Lord, it's three verses in the in the Bible that we will always see for generations and and throughout all of eternity. And so we thank you for this testimony of a woman who was rooted and grounded in your presence and in your word, and then faithful all the way to the end, and then proclaimed uh, and verified, Lord, that you are a faithful God and you've sent your son to save the world. So we thank you for that. And Lord, I, I just pray for that same spirit of faithfulness. I pray for um, young people who are listening today. I pray for senior adults who are listening today. Uh, Lord, that, that we would go all the way to the end. We just go all the way to the end, never giving up, our eyes looking for Jesus and proclaiming Jesus. And uh, so thank you for that. We pray it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad you joined us today. And Katie, thanks for coming. We, you know, we get tired honor. of It was such an honor. Well, and you know, you, you talk better than Kyle does. <laughs> I know you're from Alabama, too, but but you know you 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 sound prettier My and you look is. way prettier than Thank Kyle you. does. So <laughs> we're so grateful to have you come and hope you can join us again sometime. Okay. And uh, and thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you next time.